On Tuesday, 27 Feb, a judge in the Queensland Supreme Court administered a fatal legal blow to rules making COVID vaccines mandatory for police and ambulance workers. The vaccine mandates were kind of already dead because they'd already been revoked, but a court has now said that both mandates were unlawful, though for different technical reasons, and there'll now be no disciplinary action against people who didn't comply. The judge found that the mandates limited the right, recognised in Queensland's Human Rights Act, not to be subjected to medical treatment without full, free and informed consent. But he also said the mandates were reasonable and demonstrably justified. The decision may still be appealed. But joining us to discuss the first successful Australian challenge to a public sector vaccine mandate this morning are Julie Leask, Professor in the School of Public Health at the University of Sydney, and Dr Kay Wilson, who's a postdoctoral research fellow at Melbourne University Law School. Welcome to you both. Good morning. Good morning, Julian and Julie. Thank you for inviting me onto the show to discuss vaccine mandates. It's a great pleasure. Um, I'd like to start by hearing from each of you what you think of this decision and its significance. Uh, Kay, we'll start with you. Um, I think the decision is a victory for the police and ambulance officers who were challenging the vaccine mandates mandates made by their employers. But it's only a very limited victory under Mm. the Queensland Human Rights Act and it's on really procedural rather than substantive grounds. Could you explain that a little bit more for us, what, what the procedural grounds are and I suppose what that means in terms of the broader implications of this decision? Yeah, sure. Um, So the vaccine mandates that were given by the police commissioner were found to be unlawful under Section 58 of the Queensland Human Rights Act on the basis that the police commissioner didn't give proper consideration to the human rights that were relevant to the decision at the time that she made the two orders involving vaccine mandates and boosters. And those um, mandates had exceptions for things like medical contraindications, religious beliefs and exceptional circumstances. And I think one of the real problems was that the evidence that was given by the police commissioner wasn't really as strong as it should have been. Uh, So Justice Martin remarked that um, unfortunately she did not appear to um, have given her evidence much thought before she entered the witness box. Um, So when a court says something like that... Not a great review, yeah. No, we're not impressed with your evidence. Um, so she wasn't really that good at explaining how she made the decision and what information she'd taken into account at the time it was made. And the paper trail wasn't really as tight as it should have been. Um, so it seems that she made the decision more based on certain briefings rather than consideration of documents. Mm. Um, and uh, and Justice Martin found that she'd made her decisions in relation to the vaccine mandates before she'd actually seen the human rights commitment uh, the, the documented human rights compatibility assessments. Um, so he he felt very much that she hadn't turned her mind to the human rights of the police officers um, in the way that she should have in making that decision. Um, uh, the one about the um, Queensland Ambulance Service was that their employee um, COVID-19 vaccine, vaccination requirements and human resources policy uh, wasn't of any effect. Um, and I thought the judgment was just a bit unclear about all of this. Um, but I'm it glad appears, you thought that because I thought that too. <laughs> I yeah, couldn't I, really I follow it. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure how he came to the decision, but he says that the court held that the um, COVID-19 
um, vaccination policy wasn't part of the ambulance officer's employment contract. Yes, yeah, so it but all got actually, very technical, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was quite happy with, um, you know, how that decision was made and that it was made in accordance with the Human Rights Act, that mm, proper consideration mm. was actually given um, and that all the documentation was in place. Um, and the, Dr Wakefield didn't even give evidence at all. He had just, um, you know, gave a, a witness statement. But I think, you know, probably all the dates and times and everything kind of lined up yeah, and it yeah, showed yeah. that he had taken into account um, the actual rights and what they meant. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Kay. That's Dr Kay Wilson. I'll come to you now, Julie Leesk. What do you make of this decision and what do you think of its implications? Yeah, hi, Julian. I think the overriding message from this decision is that if you're an employer who implements a requirement to vaccinate uh, for people's employment, uh, to, for them to remain in that setting, then you need to have good process in, in there as well. Mm. You need to uh, consult with those affected and think very carefully about the justification of the mandates and, of course, in these cases, whether it uh, whether the human rights of the employers have been considered, and whether there's provision in con uh, in the contracts, I think you know sort of zooming out a little bit here. Uh, there have been people who have said, you know, this is this is excellent for the rights of workers, and and I think it is insofar as it is important to consider the human rights of people because mandates for vaccination are um, re on the coercive end of things when it comes to strategies to improve mm. vaccination co coverage, but. We've got to remember that back in 2021, we were in a much more, we were in a very different situation to what we are in now. We had uh, a lot of, um, a huge risk from rampant disease that would come around to us if we did not have good population immunity. That eventually came both with vaccination and then, of course, with the Omicron um, uh, uh, waves as well. And many people have had COVID now, but we're, we were quite vulnerable as a population and patients were vulnerable and people uh, experiencing the services of the police and the ambulance service were vulnerable. So I think in terms of the justification for mandates, they work, they can be justified, but they have so many downsides to them including the imposition on certain rights, that they need to be implemented with great care and only when really necessary. Julie, in 2021, you wrote a piece in the Medical <coughs> Journal of Australia arguing that mandates are only justifiable when vaccinating one person helps protect others around them. I know that you had a lot of other criteria for mandates as well, but were the COVID-19 vaccine mandates justifiable by that transmission criteria? They were more so in 2021. You know, a lot of these arguments are subjective. It's about what people value and see as important. But we re we broadly concluded in that article, which was written by a few of us with different positions on mandates, that they were justifiable for certain workers in 2021 because the vaccine had a greater potential to reduce transmission from one person to the other. So if you were vaccinated you were less likely to get COVID and therefore pass it on and you were less likely to be able to pass it on at all through asymptomatic um, infection, for example. So at that time, 
it was more justifiable because of the capacity for the the vaccine to reduce transmission. Very soon after that, when we started to get Omicron um, and we had big waves in the community, everybody, the lockdown's finished, people were able to circulate. We had a lot of COVID in the community. Um, It became less justifiable because the vaccine didn't match the Omicron strains as well and the transmission uh, potential uh, reduction from the vaccine reduced somewhat. On Sunday Extra, we are speaking about the Queensland Supreme Court decision about overturning vaccine mandates from 2021 and 2022 with Professor Julie Leesk, who we were just hearing from there from the School of Public Health at Sydney University, and Dr Kay Wilson from the Melbourne Law School. And Kay, you've done a a sort of review of vaccine mandates uh, in other jurisdictions across Australia and around the world. Uh, Have many other vaccine mandates been invalidated like this one was? Um, Well, uh, no, not too many that we've seen. Um, And when they have, it has also been on fairly narrow ground. So we might recall that President Biden was trying to um, put in a mandate for workers um, in businesses of over 100 people. Um, And in that case, um, it was invalidated, but because of a narrow view about the power of the executive, um, the general power under the case of Jacobson, which is the leading case um, on public health in America, that was still upheld. Interesting. Um, Back in uh, 2021, Simon Longstaff from the Ethics Centre wrote that um, uh, a a job that requires contact with others, a a refusal to be vaccinated is the equivalent of refusing to take anti-doping blood tests or to wear safety equipment in a mine. Uh, Do you agree with that sort of assessment of the ethics of uh, vaccine mandate refusal, if you like? We'll start with you, Julie. Oh, look, analogies are always tricky because they're often different contexts. But if we think about it, where we're at in 2021, where we're desperately trying to hold off COVID transmission until we got most people vaccinated, there were patients um, being cared for, police, uh, you know, people, citizens being policed, um, who I think did have a right to have protection from the workers that they had to be around. So if you think about, you know, a vulnerable older person who is in hospital, you'd really want the workers around them to have uh, some protection against COVID because we're about to see COVID being transmitted very broadly. Uh, But as I said, by the time it uh, was just circulating so broadly in the community, most people had had two doses. Um, 97% of Australians had had at least one dose we're in a really different situation and I I think that's when the mandates really needed to be scaled down because they were um, very onerous for hardcore vaccine refusers uh, who, you know, did suffer. Many people did suffer because they couldn't work, couldn't uh, do certain things because they weren't vaccinated and they were holding to that. Uh, Has vaccine hesitancy or outright resistance increased as a result of things like vaccine mandates, Julie? Oh, this is a burning question. So if you there's experimental studies which show that if you tell someone you're going to be mandated this vaccine, say the flu vaccine, um, and you're not going to be mandated the hepatitis B vaccine, and then the other group wasn't told that they would be mandated a vaccine, 
the people who are told they'll be mandated a vaccine are then less likely to go to agree to have the voluntary vaccine because we think they're angry and reacting against being made to do something. And I think we are seeing evidence of that, sort of that in the lab kind of experimental evidence in the population. There are a lot of people out there who are looking back on COVID, perhaps forgetting how what a dire situation we were in and thinking very critically about lockdowns and, and, and many restrictions, some of which were too much, um, but also the mandates and saying we didn't really, you know, we didn't really need this, COVID isn't that bad. And that's a situation where vaccines become victims of their own success. Um, so that that looking back has been quite critical and there are certainly groups in our society who now are more likely to reject vac the vaccines for themselves. Whether that's happening with other vaccines, so that anger about being made to vaccinate is spilling over to childhood vaccines, um, there may be some evidence of that at the far right end of the political spectrum, particularly in the US, but that we're yet to see strong evidence of that in Australia where there's been a little bit of a dip in support for vaccination, but not too much of a dip and our mm. vaccination rates are pretty stable. Fascinating stuff. Uh, thank you to you both for joining us early on a Sunday morning to discuss the vaccine mandates. Uh, Julie Leesk, thank you so much. Thanks. And thanks, Dr. Kay Wilson from Melbourne Law School. Thanks, Julian and Julie. And Julie's the professor of uh, in the School of Public Health at the University of Sydney. And Dr. Kay Wilson at Melbourne Law School edited the new law book, The Future of Mental Health, Disability and Criminal Law. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.